Alright everyone, welcome back to the Dragon's Library. Um, today we're going to be reviewing the new Amazon Prime series that just wrapped up called Invincible. Uh, this is an animated series available on Amazon Prime that is based on a comic book. I mean, it should be kind of obvious it's sort of based on a comic book because it's superheroes again for the, what, thousandth time in the last few years? <laughs> But Invincible is actually a pretty good show that has some interesting themes and design choices that set it apart from most of the other things on TV right now. So I thought it'd be worth reviewing. Um, it's also something new coming out, and video games take me a while to play and review, so. <laughs> um, yeah, let's get started. Uh, usually I would start by reviewing the first few episodes and giving a general opinion there before I go into the end of season or the end of the movie spoilers. But for this one, there are some twists that occur pretty early on in the series that change how it, how you look at it. Basically, there's a really big twist at the end of the first episode, and I don't want to spoil it for people who do want to go watch that show before they listen to this review. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give my opinion on the characters um, and my overall opinion on the show and the more technical aspects, as well as a brief overview of what the show looks like on its face before I dive into the spoiler stuff. Um, so I'll let you know when the spoilers start, and I will try my best to describe, give you a good picture of the show without spoiling anything for those first few episodes uh, or the later stuff. All right, so... This show takes place in a world that's basically a parody of DC. Um, like, there's a pseudo-Justice League with very obvious stand-ins for, like, you know, Green Lantern, Aquaman, Superman, everything like that. Um, and it's about the strongest hero in the world. So it's not the Superman stand-in, honestly enough. Although he could basically be one. Um, and he's Omni-Man. And he has a kid with a... He's, you know, alien. He has basically Superman's backstory... Uh, he's an alien. His World War was destroyed, but he came here to help people. And, yeah, he had a kid after a few years of life. And that kid is just finally displaying his superpowers. Uh, Omni-Man is a little different from most of the other superheroes. He tends not to work as heavily with the shield standard, because they have one of those. Um, and also does not, is not a full member of their Justice League, the uh, Defenders of the Globe, I think they're called. Yeah, that's what they're called. Um... So yeah, the main character of the show is his son, uh, Invincible, the title character, or Mark Grayson is his, like, secret identity. And so yeah, he starts, you know, developing his powers, and his dad starts training him, um, and then episode one ends and a big twist happens, and it sets off an initial mystery that we know the answer to, but we don't know the reason why it happened. Like, we see what happens, but we don't know why the person that did it did it. And they're a recurring character in the show, and so what they did, and the fact that everyone else is still trying to find out who did it, um, is, you know, had they've done this horrible thing, no one else knows, and over time everybody slowly realizes, holy shit, he did it, why did he do it? That's the question we're asking the whole show as he interacts with his character. That's about as far as I can get without spoilers, so I'll go over the rest of the stuff now. Um, the characters are a lot of fun. Most of them are pretty standard, I would say. Um, there's the robot leader of the Young Justice-style team that Invincible joins, briefly, that, um, you know, very logic-based, all that, but he has a nice arc overall. 
there's a really interesting character, actually, Monster Girl. Uh, she's actually has a really cool design to her powers. Basically, she's sort of like a magic version of the Hulk. So she was cursed uh, to be able to turn into this monster at will. However, every time she turns, she gets younger. Now, it's not implied how much, but it is implied that if she did this, like, every day, she would actively, like, start regressing into a baby. Apparently, she's, like, 30 years old, but uh, she looks like a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old. Like, a, maybe, like, pre-high pre school, basically. So, she has to, like, she has this really interesting scene where they're starting to train with her. And it's like, the uh, leader is like, hey, we're going to need you for training every day. It's like, I can't. If I did that, I would actually kill myself or regress to the point where I couldn't even form words. It's like, oh, okay, so we're going to work on a special schedule with you. Which I like. I like I like it when you have a really powerful character, but they have uh, some kind of twist to their powers. And not a twist that like just knocks them out of the fight, but a twist that affects them uh, socially or emotionally. It impacts their life. She expresses a great deal of frustration with this. You know, the fact that she looks like a child, even though she's 30 years old. Um, and she has a really good, good dynamic with Robot. With the Robot character. I think he is called Robot, actually. Anyway, basically, the show overall is focused on Invincible. And what's really cool, actually, is that this show, it feels very safe when you first start up. But one of the things that's really interesting is that it's not afraid to get gory. And when I say that, immediately you're all like, oh, so it's another edgy, dark superhero show. And I'm like, I'm not really sure, because it's not really, it doesn't really have a depressing message overall. Um, most of the characters do seem to have a positive character arc, so it's not exactly a nihilistic story or anything like that, or anything depressing like, you know, the Dark Knight stories where everything is in the wrong, yada yada yada. Um, which is what we come to expect with things like The Boys from Amazon. But the gore is there, and it took me a while to find out what they were going for. Basically, one of the kind of annoying things with the show is the title card always shows up when a character is about to say Invincible, so they're like, this is a job for... And then just cuts, and we just see the sign Invincible with the opening music. And the first time, there's, you know, a bit of blood. And there's more blood. And at first, I was like, are they adding more blood? And then by the end of the show, I'm like, yeah, every time, it's a new splattering of blood. And it's slowly, it's Invincible's bright worldview slowly um, being overtaken by blood. But in the end, he still has a hopeful view of the world and at, at the very end. He still wants to do more. Um, and so it's, you know, a beacon of hope shining through, uh, the stains of blood that he's gone through. Uh, they're not afraid to kill characters, they're not afraid to do big gory, but it never feels out of place, you know? It's never, like, gratuitous, I don't think. Maybe one or two scenes, but they always try and be very... They, they don't use gore unless they need it. Which I can appreciate, actually. I like having a show that's, like, looks at realism, like, okay, how would the world actually work? Well, of course people wouldn't be miserable, depressing, and ripping people apart all the time. You know, most people would try and solve things without doing that, and if they had to, they might do it. And, you know, fights with giant, you know, superheroes with super strings, something like that, yeah, it'll happen on occasion, but it's not going to be the main thing. Uh, they do have one character who doesn't really get fleshed out. She uh, can duplicate herself, and her her power is basically just the only time the gore feels pointless, because every time, like, half the time when she creates a car uh, copy of herself, you're going to see that copy blown up. Like, just, like, easily at least 50% of the time, maybe even more. The animation is generally pretty good, uh, along with the voice acting. The only problem I really have with the animation is that um, there are CG backgrounds, and they blend pretty well at first, but once you notice that they're CG, they tend to stand out. Like, they're not the most well done, and they use them a lot for crowd shots, which you can usually tell. But, I mean, animating crowd shots is diff difficult, and with, that, with the exception of a few crowd shots and some of the backgrounds... 
everything's animated really well, so if that's the only flaw, yeah, it'll stick out, but I still think the animation overall is good. It's not something you notice too much. Uh, the voice actors are great. Uh, Stefan Yoon, I believe is his name. Uh, he does Mark. Never, never seen him before, I don't believe. Um, but the dad, the Omni-Man, Omni-Man, the, you know, Superman, complicated Superman, um, he's actually voiced by J.K. Simmons, and he's the best. I mean, he's a great voice actor, first of all, and if you've seen him as an actor or voice actor in anything, you know he's really good at this stuff. Uh, if you don't recognize the name, for some reason, he was... Uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the um, in the original Spider-Man trilogy and also in the Far From Home at the end credit scene because they got him back for that for some reason, which was awesome. Uh, he's really good. Great job. Probably the best voice actor here. Uh, there are a few side characters. Most of them don't really have a big arc. Uh, the only notable one aside from this is probably the mom um, and his other superhero friend. So he has a friend he realizes is a superhero later on. They go to the same school and start talking. Her name is Eve. Uh, she ends up actually having a really cool arc. Basically, she's one of those reality manipulators. She can, like, change reality with, with like, no effort. And so she does something that I've always, like, just kind of glossed over. So she has a fight with her parents and ends up leaving the superhero business after some emotional troubles. Uh, her boyfriend cheated on her. And so she decides, you know what, I have the power to manipulate reality. I can bring water to droughts, literally create food out of nothing. So she just decides to move into the forest, uh, create this, like, massive treehouse with her powers, and just flies around the globe, solving global crises like disease and hunger and literally just, I'm going to fix the world in every problem I can and just do the best I can day to day, which is actually a pretty cool arc. Uh, I like that. Because, I mean, yeah, if somebody had the ability to reality and they were that nice, yeah, of course they'd be going, you know, to all the hungry nations and just having it rain food or going to places with droughts and giving them water, that kind of thing. Um, she actually ends up having, she's actually becomes a pretty fascinating and interesting character in her own right. Uh, her voice actor is also really good. I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but, um, yeah, so that's all I can do without spoilers. I do recommend the show. Um, it might not immediately grab you, it might also immediately grab you. It took me a little while to get into it, but I kept coming back to it because it felt different. And you know what? Sometimes that's enough. I do think the ending in particular is really good, but before we get into that, if you want to see this without spoilers, because there is a really big twist, so if you want to just watch, like, the first episode and then come back, you can. But from here on out, there be spoilers. So, okay. At the end of the first episode, after we watch the... Uh, Guardians of the Globe save, like, the White House from an assault by two, like, super genius clone-type guys. The, um, all, you see all the Guardians of the Globe doing their work, and then you, they all get a distress beacon, calling them back to their headquarters. And so the Guardians of the Globe are Wonder Woman stand-in, Green Lantern stand-in, Aquaman stand-in, Flash stand-in, and the only one who gets really fleshing out is, and, oh, uh, Batman stand-in, and then only one who gets uh, fleshed out is called the Immortal. He's basically Vandal Savage, but with Superman's powers. Uh, if you don't know Vandal Savage from the comics, he's a caveman who became Immortal. He was one of the Flash's villains, I think, originally, but he's kind of become a Justice League villain. And his whole thing was he was important people throughout history, and they were all horrible. But the Immortal's thing is he was uh, tons of good. He was tons of good people throughout history, or at least notable and potentially positive people throughout history. Seems to have a mixed past from what we see, but he's generally tried to do good, and as a result. Uh, he eventually became a superhero when superpowers started being a thing. So it's basically good Vandal Savage, which is kind of interesting. 
And then Omni-Man shows up and brutally murders all of them. Uh, they put up a good fight, actually. They managed to knock him out, and when they fi- and thanks to all the damage they inflicted, when the shield stand-in finds him, they actually wonder, they actually believe he was a part of the um, group that got attacked. They think somebody just failed to kill him and had to retreat, retreat but um, or he fought him off or whatever. But no, 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 he killed them. And so you spend the entire series not knowing why he killed them. Uh, the Justice League stand-in, the Guardians of the Globe, don't even know why he did it. They uh, think he might even be under mind control, but they're like, it's him or us. We have to do this. He's too powerful to take alive. And they try and they try, but they all fall. Um, and so they have, you know, a state funeral. They have the uh, Flash cannon. He's, like, Russian. They have this, like, really nice, these, you know, nice scenes with his wife while he was doing superhero stuff. He's just this nice, you know, picnic with his wife and everything. Um, and she's grieving over it, wondering what's happening. And, yeah, and... Omni-Man's wife, uh, Sandra, I mean, not Sandra, Debbie, Debbie, um, is, you know, grieving because her husband nearly died, and she's, you know, trying to comfort the widow, and all this, the whole time we know Omni-Man did it. Was he under mind control? Was he doing it himself? Why did he do it? Did it need to be done? Maybe was he a still good guy? And he's training Mark, and the more you train him, the more it feels like you know, it feels like the hero infiltrator. It's like, ah, my son, dang it, I love him, but he's not going to react well to this. We have to do it. It's right that we take over, you know, that kind of subtly evil. Uh, I think the point I realized where he was like, yeah, he's definitely evil was when um, he went to the alien dimension. There was these extra dimensional aliens that were invading. He went to their home world and literally just slaughtered the entire planet. And his words were, Earth isn't yours to conquer. And I'm like, yeah, okay, he's an evil alien conqueror. Um... And he's been, been there for years, like decades, trusted, and it's clear he was trying to weaken them. Uh, it's very obvious he took out the Guardians of the Globe, though, because with a few more heroes, they probably could have killed him. Like, he's not, he, he and Mark are described as, like, invincible, but the Guardians did some real damage to him. He was only able to start dispatching them easily once he took them all out. Their powers worked well together. The Flash was intercepting all of his attacks, preventing him from dying. And even when he caught the Flash, he was pounding into his chest. Like, it wasn't an instant kill. Um... Again, there's a lot of gore in that scene, but I think it's mostly well done, or at the very least, realistically done, not like the oversaturation kind of gore you see in things like The Boys. And you have, you know, Mark is the main character, so you watch as his relationships fail, and they fail in a lot more believable ways. Like, there's this scene where he has to run off to be invincible to save his friends, but it looks as if he abandoned them to die. Uh, and even when he reveals, in, in at first she, his girlfriend's, you know, pissed at him, uh, his best friend finds out shortly after, and, you know, is cool about it, but he's still like, eh, things did not go well there, because the rest of the episode went horribly, and he lost a loved one as a result of a lot of superhero BS. But he's still fine with Mark, he's just a little more jaded about it. Uh, his girlfriend actually ends up breaking up with him, even after he reveals his identity. He's like, you didn't even trust to tell me when I was asking you why'd you run away. It's like, that's when you should have told me. If you trusted me, you would have told me right then, and I probably would have forgiven you, but no, I, after abandoning me and then lying about it, no, we're done. Uh, they do kind of recounsel at the end of the series. It's a little unclear as to what they're going to do from that point onward. But, like, a lot of the people act a lot more rationally than I'd normally expect. Uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. guy, despite being really paranoid, is not, like, over-paranoid. He's not, like, self-destructively paranoid. Um, there's a demon detective and a lot of other stuff going on. And at the end of the show, you end up finding out that um, you know, Omni-Man, uh, Omni-Man is in fact an alien infiltrator sent to weaken Earth. He killed the Guardians because it's almost time for their invasion, and 
you know, they were the only actual threat that with a bit of help might have been able to stop him in even any of his other species. Uh, they apparently had some kind of civil war with like a blood cleansing thing. And now they're, you know, evil alien empire, but immortal, super strong, like planet busting alien empire. So yeah. And that's, and at the end though, he kind of has, I don't know if it's a change of heart, but more of a, how could you betray me, son? I can't bring myself to destroy you at the very end. Because he spent so many years here, he couldn't have, you know, formed no attachment despite what he wanted to believe. Uh, he cared about Mark. He even tries to convince Mark that the only, that everyone he knows, and Mark is going to live for apparently thousands of years because his species ages slower the longer they've been alive, and he's going to outlive maybe even the entire planet if he li- if he's lucky. Uh, and he starts asking, what will you even have in a few years? And his son just kind of, his beaten, broken, bloody son starts saying he would have had him. If he hadn't betrayed him, Mark would have at least had him. And he almost gets, like, angry. Like, uh, he's not sure what to do. He's not sure if he should be crying or upset or trying to just finish it off. And he can't decide, so he just flies away. He just flies away. But, you know, it's obvious that the um, Viltrumites are going to come back. They're going to bring their army and they're they're going to conquer Earth. So that's the impending threat for Season 2, I'm guessing. Uh, The Immortal actually gets revived and has this you betrayed us, you betrayed us scene, and that's what finally reveals him to Mark. The shield guy is pretty interesting. He has, like, an Agent Coulson who gets a heroic sacrifice near the end. Uh, he's very on top of it and very actually competent. Like, it's weird to see a, a version of Nick Fury slash Amanda Waller, you know, the secret government agent, you know, master of all, spot, master spy guy, who's actually not afraid to get his hands dirty. Like, he has this whole thing where nothing can stop, stop Omni-Man, so he goes out there himself, armed with a teleporter, and has himself literally nearly murdered, but only but teleporting away seconds before Omni-Man, like, instances before Omni-Man would kill him. To the point where his tie gets ripped off by Omni-Man's hand as he's teleporting away, you know? Uh, so it's nice to see that. Cecil's a welcome change of pace. He's surprisingly empathetic for a, you know, shield guy. He's going to do, he's willing to do dark stuff, especially during the uh, ending, like, montage we definitely see. He's willing to do dark things, but he does it out of a desire to protect. He's not needlessly cruel, and he only does it when forced into a corner. Which, you know what? I can respect that. A lot more than some of the other uh, less realistic super spy Nick Fury, Amanda Waller types. I mean, even Amanda Waller gets a little ridiculous near the end. You know, eventually. She always crosses lines that people really just shouldn't cross because it makes you a villain. It makes you worse than the thing you're trying to get rid of. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's the show. I would highly recommend it. It's a really good show, good voice acting, well-written characters that actually develop as the plot goes on. Uh, there are definitely a few side characters that get a little less time, but I do like how he focused more so on Mark and his father and his mother and their intimate family slowly being unraveled by this, you know, massive betrayal. So yeah. You can find a link in the description to, uh, where you can go watch Invincible. And on Friday, we are going to be reviewing the Tropic of Serpents. It's a sequel to A Natural History of Dragons. You can find that review in the description as well. Uh, and it's a really good series, and the sequel is might even be better than the first one. It doesn't have a slow build-up, so yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see you then. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library two. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. 
As always, thank you so much for all your support.